0: The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PWC. Combining talent and technology. We're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. Nigel Farage is being dropped into the a parachute. I don't know how they put him in there. He's being inserted into the jungle in I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here. And of course, it has caused the usual questions about whether or not. Um, licensed TV should be used to burnish the reputations of politicians or those who are acting as quasi-politicians uh, uh, in the case of Nigel Farage. There is a long history of politicians, of course, going into I'm a Celebrity, um, um, Hancock being the most significant uh, recent one. But of course, way back in 2014, Edwina Curry uh, finished fourth in the competition. She's with us this morning. Good morning, Edwina.
1: Good morning, Anton. And of course, uh, he's on ITV, which is not licensed. It doesn't come out of our license. It's independent. A lot more independent than RTE is, I suspect. But, uh, Sorry,
0: Edwina. I said licensed. It is a licensed broadcaster. It has a license from Ofcom and has to follow Ofcom's rules.
1: Which is fine. Which is fine. I mean, apart from anything else, he's not elected to anything right now, so why not? Is there any
0: issue with the fact that he is seen to be associated with a political ideology? He may not hold a seat in Parliament, but we all know what way his, his leanings are and what way his politics are, and that will undoubtedly be assisted by this profile.
1: I get the whiff of censorship coming from you, Anton. Shame on you. Goodness me. Um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's being invited to do it, and I think it's an absolute coup by ITV because he's a, a big public figure. He's a, a celebrity. He's truly a celebrity. He's the sort of person that would be recognized in the street, which you can't say for most of the people who are in it this time or on uh, any other occasion. And it's absolute catnip for people uh, in the audience. I should think about 10, 11 million people will watch it. What he has said is that he wants to widen um, his appeal, if you like, a range of people who would recognise him to the younger demographic. Uh, And it's certainly the truth that when he comes out, he's going to be recognised by 10-year-olds. I certainly was. I'm not sure they knew who I was or what I'd done, but they knew my face. Uh, Whether that's actually going to benefit him or not, I don't know. It's hard to tell because it depends how he behaves. He obviously thinks so, Anton, or he wouldn't be there.
0: Well, now this is, you are good at calling things as they are. I am always curious about people's choice in respect of going into I'm a Celebrity. Is it about a desire to further their profile or has somebody arrived with a wheelbarrow piled full of cash to his backyard and said, there you are Nigel, it's just worth it for the money?
1: people who are in there, it's about raising profile, because they don't get paid uh, anything like as much. Uh, And uh, He has said that he's been asked many times and said no. And I guess the conversation has gone gone on the lines of, uh, you can have a quarter of a million pound. And he said no. Well, you can have half a million pound. And he said no. And he said, not for a million quid. And they said, well, you can have a million quid, at which point he's begun to take notice. And who wouldn't My goodness me. I mean, he was a member of the European Parliament for, what, 20 years from uh, 1999. That's a substantial salary. uh, And that's all gone. That's all gone. So maybe as he gets to 59, he's thinking, do you know what? Maybe there's an opportunity here. Uh, Let me guess. Most of it is about his ego and his belief that he can present himself in a very positive light, uh, and that maybe some benefit, some gain, some long-term benefit will come from after that. He could be thinking that he wants to stand again for the Westminster Parliament. Uh, how on earth he's going to think he's going to succeed in that when he's failed? The seven times that he has stood, heaven only knows. But you know what it is? Hope springs eternal in the human breast. Explain
0: that failure to me, Adriana How is it that he's managed to get himself returned to uh, the European Parliament? He's managed to be so influential because it's, it's very difficult to argue that he wasn't massively politically influential in relation to Brexit, yet he is unable to find a constituency who will elect him to the Commons.
1: The European Parliament, like most parliaments, is voted in on proportional representation. So it's a percentage of the vote that your party gets that determines how many members you have. So even if you come bottom, if you've got any votes over the threshold, then you will get a member and it will be the person with the most votes. And that's how he's got there. In the United Kingdom Parliament... And we have discussed this and we have had a referendum on it. We decided not to. Uh, We have continued with first past the post, which means that the main parties are big coalitions. He was originally a Tory. He was originally a Conservative, and if he had stayed a Conservative, well, who knows, Anton? He could have been Prime Minister for years, uh, with the same political outcome of us leaving the EU. Uh, But he didn't. He decided that he didn't want to take orders from anybody else. I mean, in my humble opinion, as a longstanding Tory, he's a member of a party of one, and the party is him. Uh, Whether that would actually change, in order to become a senior figure in the UK Parliament, he has to be a member of a big United Kingdom party. And my well, guess is that well, he will rejoin the Tories and try and get himself a seat. You see, I would have
0: thought in up until recent years that that was always the case, that to some extent, no matter how individually, personally driven you might be or no matter how domineering your personality, that you still had to have some capacity to rub along with others to be able to get yourself to Prime, prime Minister. But surely Boris Johnson Proves the lie in that. I mean, very few people have been, and I know you are a fan, but very few people have been as as nakedly narcissistic and self focused as Boris Johnson, and yet he still managed to make it to be PM.
1: Well, there are some people who manage, uh, in whatever room they are. Bill Clinton is another one like this. I've seen him actually do it. Uh, they manage to make everybody in that room feel that they really matter. And that, uh, you know, the person in charge really cares. The person making the speech, the person shaking the hands, looks deep into your eyes. And just for a split second, the world changes. And Nigel Farage has that kind of quality. Normally, of course, with a large glass of beer in his hand and a cigarette and the other one, both of which are missing in the jungle. So he might find it a little harder. None of his props are available. There's a microphone in every corner. And he's going to find that even his secret conversations are going to be broadcast to the world. But does he, so he has that level of personal
0: different... charisma? Because with Clinton, you can, so you, you can see it through the TV. There, there you know, he, he evidently displaces air. It's not as immediately obvious with Farage. But you say that the same, there is that charismatic whiff from him.
1: Uh, I think many people, many of us, maybe deep down subconsciously, uh, we want to look up to gods. So we myths about the people that we're looking at. Boris has that quality I imagine there let's not name them, but I imagine there are Irish politicians in the past that had that sort of quality where everybody looked up to them, even when they were clearly not up to any good sometimes. That's how it works. That's how it works. Um, wiser souls like me and me, uh, we will look at them a little bit cynically and we will thinking, mm, yes, what are you actually going to do? This is what you are saying, but what are you actually going to do? Now, why would Farage benefit from being in the jungle? Because we can see him in the raw, as it were, in very difficult, unpleasant circumstances, Uh, however short-lived. And we know he's not in any danger. But how is he going to react to uh, rats and snakes and biting ants? And what's he going to do when he's faced with something disgusting to um, my guess is he will behave himself extremely well and he might actually do rather well out of it.
0: Well, that was the thing I'm curious about is is the capacity to control oneself in that environment because you, you get people saying if when, whenever you're involved in broadcasting things, like, you should show more your personality, to which for many of us the answer is, God, no, nobody wants that. For Nigel Farage, is he, is he reliant on actually being a decent human being or can he fake sincerity 24-7 for the cameras? I think a bit of both
1: um, the the editorial suite are watching every single person who's in there, and they're waiting for a moment of weakness, and the weakness could be to their benefit, such as being a bit tearful about missing people at home, or upset about hearing you know really sad story from one of the other campmates that will be—and that's TV gold. Or it could be a weakness where they lose their temper or they try and bully somebody. I've seen that happen as well, in which somebody was uh, trying to push another member of the the team out and uh, intimidate them. That was broadcast. The next vote, that individual was out and was no longer—no longer had a reputation— that's what we're all waiting for. It'll be a little while. It'll be a few days before hunger kicks in, before the heat kicks in, before the scratching from all the biting insects kicks in, uh, before the caffeine deprival kicks in and the cigarette deprival. Uh, and it may well be that at some point then we will see whether Nigel is really a little sweetie or whether he's an absolute sod. We'll find out.
0: Let us go back to one of the things that you talked about earlier on, which was the the UK's commitment to a first-past-the-pulse system, which, of course, lends itself to much more significant swings when the electoral mood changes. In more important matters than Nigel returning into or going into uh, the jungle, what do you think the future holds for your former party? Are we going to see a massive swing for Keir Starmer's Labour?
1: that way at the moment. And the reason is that with First Past the Post, you have to appeal far beyond your own uh, core supporters and activists. You have to appeal to the public as a whole, which means making genuine efforts to go out and find out what they're actually interested in. And I suspect that's why Keir Starmer is uh, not strongly backing the Palestinians, for example. Uh, That's also why they're talking about being very moderate on politics and economics and so on. Uh, That's trying to appeal to a substantial proportion, maybe as much as 30 percent of the voters who are not sure. They're the swing voters and they're the ones that you want to capture. Uh, on the other hand, the, the, the Tories in the last couple of years, shall we say, have decisively swung to their own activists. And that's a problem. If you only go for your own activists, you're going to lose. And you can lose quite badly. You may not lose necessarily to the other side, but you will lose enough of votes uh, to, uh, to make your seats extremely weak and vulnerable. That, I think, is something that Rishi Sunak, the prime minister, is trying hard to correct. But he's between uh, a devil and a hard place. Because the uh, the party membership, the ones who go out and do all the door knocking, tend to be activists and tend to be more right-wing. Uh, you're not going to get moderates going out and doing that because they're the ones who are drifting. I'm sounding like a politics lecturer right now. And
0: no, <laughs> which, that, that really is entirely my fault, Edwina, by virtue of the question that I've asked. But I'm quite enjoying it, so I'm going to keep you in that territory if you're willing. What then of the arrival of... David Cameron, because as you say, if it is the moderates that you want to convince the non-core audience, the arrival of Cameron is a fair commitment to old school conservatism. And he's, he's perceived as centrist, but fairly right conservatism. Now, Alistair Campbell, when he was talking about this, said that in the balance, his experience uh, outweighs any of the negative uh, connotations that he might bring with him. Is that your view?
1: I think that's absolutely right. Um, it, it's not just that. David Cameron has um, a lot of experience. Uh, he did 11 years as leader of the party, which is a, a, a decade more than Rishi Sunak has got. And he was prime minister for six years But more than that, he won two elections. And the first one, he brought the conservatives back up from a very low point. Uh, On that particular occasion, they won 100 seats. They lost three. They won 100. Uh, That is a phenomenal achievement, which is extremely rare in our system. Uh, And he did it by basically being... character, decent human being, adopting a whole range of policies that the Tories had turned their noses up at previously, encouraging uh, more women to come into Parliament. I remember getting very much involved in helping out with all of that, uh, getting a green policy being photographed in, uh, on glaciers <laughs> in Antarctica, I think it was, all that sort of thing, really turning the party to look to the future. Now, he can do all that again, and he will, I think, really give more gravitas as well to uh, Rishi Sunak's government. Instead of being a collection of newcomers, there's some gravitas there, there's some experience, there's some solid achievement there. And the fact that, you know, we put Brexit behind us and we are moving on. And uh, we're not going back into Europe, but I think we would like to have the closest relationships with all our neighbours, including Ireland, especially when it comes to trade and business. And I think Cameron is very much the Foreign Secretary who can enable us to do that.
0: Edwina, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for giving up your Sunday morning.
1: The Anton
0: Savage Show, brought to you by PWC. Sunday mornings from ten.
1: On News Talk.